So I'm going to take you guys on just a little bit of a journey for a minute, and I hope you'll bear with me. Maybe you can even imagine it for yourself. Maybe you'll identify with some of the, with some of the story that I'm going to talk about. But I'd like you to picture, I don't know, let's, we'll make her 10. She's 10 years old. We'll just say that. And she's fresh out of watching her parents go through some pretty nasty stuff. Not her favorite thing. She's got a little brother. She's trying to help him. He doesn't understand what's happening. That's okay. He's little. He doesn't need to know. But it's definitely not going to be the life that she had thought that she had had for the last 10 years. So she's making her way right now. She's making her way in this new life. And she gets an invitation from a friend who sits next to her at her little desk cubes. I think they still do that now. I think they do, like, clumps of four. And it's for an after-school Bible club. And she doesn't know anything about this because it's not something that they talk about in her house. But she goes. And she has her first introduction to a God and a whole new worldview is open up to her little mind. And it's because a friend reached out and sat an invitation in front of her and said, hey, I think you might like this. We'll fast forward with our friend for right now. Let's make her 15 instead. She's peering over the metaphorical cliff between adolescence and adulthood. There is very loud peer encouragement from the bottom of this cavern, asking her to jump and join them into this adult maturity below that may be too advanced for what she's ready for. That's when another invitation, a chance encounter, from a local Young Life leader comes in a city park of all places. Something like this would pull her back from the edge and a summer camp experience at Wild Horse Canyon would be the invitation into her heart that Jesus has been waiting for for many, many years. So here's our girl again. She's in college now, and life has not been easy. Grief has become too close, a good friend, a best friend, some might say. The disappointments of life roll and never seem to cease. And the demands of the secular world now take priority over any relationship with the Savior that she may have had, requiring work and school and rent and all of those things that now need to take priority. Another invitation from a handsome coworker this time. Back to the Lord back to church, back in relationship. This may spark more than just the relationship we think, maybe more than just spiritual growth, but relational and romantic growth as well. So now we're going to follow our friend into marriage with her handsome hubby, trying to be the best biblical wife that she can be, and falling incredibly short. 
This time, however, there's an invitation to a small group where she gets to sit in a room with women from all ages and stages of life. They sit together and fellowship together and welcome her in, regardless of what she believes to be her shortcomings. They bring their wisdom and their experience, but most importantly, they bring their prayers, their faith, and their deep friendship. They invite a deeper relationship with Christ, one that our girl dives headfirst into. True spiritual friendship with sisters in Christ is something she's not experienced up until now. Our girl is now going to be 35 years old, 36. She she has been invited into relationship with Christ since she was 10, 10 years old. And his invitations to grow deeper have not ceased. Her newest invitation has come to now invite other women to also grow deeper. It is her turn to pursue spiritual friendships to bring other women into the kingdom, to advance the kingdom, maybe one play date, one wine mom's night out, one park encounter, or maybe one birthday party or office party at a time, and share her story with others, all because of the one friendship that she had so many years ago. I'm sure some of you are probably guessing by now that I'm telling snippets from my own life. This is of a greater love story that I am currently calling The Invitation. There have been other moments throughout my life where the Spirit has done the inviting, and I just couldn't RSVP. Thankfully, our God is not offended by a no. He's not offended by declining his invitation. He relentlessly pursues us, He left the 99 to come and get me, so I know that this is true. But what's beautiful about it is he did it through others. He held the heart of a young 10-year-old and told her to be brave. Ask your deskmate to come to an after-school gathering. She'll say yes. He told that young life leader to cast aside her fears and anxiety and go ahead, approach that group of teenagers in a park and tell them that not only would they be accepted, they would be welcomed and maybe rescued. Because even to him, one heart is precious. He whispered to a young man, comfortable in his singleness, content in his ways, told him to lift your eyes. Look at her sitting next to you. That's her. That's the one. Go and get her and bring her to me. She needs me. She needs you. You need her, that's, that's real, and you both need each other until death do you part. He created the God gift of hospitality in a small group leader who prayed for God to bring women together in this group and brought my name to her heart, and she was obedient and embraced the commands of God and then drew me deeper into fellowship and friendship, which she still does to this day. The next chapter of this story is mine and God's, and how will I embrace his commands to extend the invitation into his fellowship to others? It all starts with an invitation to friendship. 
Some that I've extended have gone unanswered. Some have been blatantly declined. But some, a small amount, have been received and opened, and that is the first step. My friend from school, she won't, I don't think, ever know how her invitation shaped my life. They moved shortly after that year. Her uh, father used to plant churches, and so that's where they went next. This is par for the course, just like I won't know how any invitation I make may advance the kingdom or the influence of a friendship. But that doesn't stop me because I remember what it felt like to be lost. It's up to us to be the invitation, to pursue a relationship with those we have been called to. I hope you will be encouraged by some of what you hear here tonight and how the power of the invitation into friendship and relationship can bring about kingdom results. Tonight, we have a broad theme of Galentine's for Galentine's Day. The idea of women doing life together in friendship and fellowship. It all starts, though, with the initial invitation, whether it's among classmates or coworkers, longtime friends who may not be believers, neighbors, family members, any new encounters you may have. The invitation to relationship starts it all. The first invitation I received from Jesus came in the form of the first verse I memorized all those years ago. And I know it's a simplistic one. And I know it's one that my six-year-old is probably learning in his kindergarten class right now. But it's one that's always stuck with me and matters to me. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how can we extend our invitations to those around us? Start with thinking of your areas of influence. Who are you around? Who do you see the most? Is God calling you to a people group? Maybe students, maybe moms, maybe wives, maybe young couples, the older generation pouring into the younger one because Lord knows we need it. I'd invite you now, if you, we have a few minutes, to maybe take some time at your tables, introduce yourselves, because you probably weren't in the same shoe group. They may not be your soulmates, so let's introduce ourselves. Take some time to discuss where you think God may be encouraging you to start relationships. And if you see that in your immediate area, or if you need to extend invitation. If nothing is jumping out at you, which is totally possible, maybe it's time to prayerfully consider God's heart for the people he has placed around you. So I'll give you guys a few minutes to discuss that at your table. I hate to cut you guys off, but we have so much fun and worthy things to get to tonight. We are going to hear from so many different women who have all experienced godly friendships in one way or another, and we'll share about the impact that these relationships have had on their life. I encourage you, as you listen, to hear God's heart for each woman who speaks and the love that they have experienced. I am standing before you today, as I have over the last few months, because of the friendship that started on the playground and the invitation that was extended 
but ultimately because of the God who pursues relentlessly. My ultimate best friend, who loves us and likes us, sees us, and never lets us go. Let's pray really fast, and then we'll call it up. Awesome Father, thank you so much that you are the God that pursues relationship. That you love us so much, you leave the 99 to come after the one that is not with him. We thank you for your grace and your friendship, your kindness, your love, and your like. We thank you for the blessings of friendship. We thank you for each woman in this room as they've come together and maybe might even form a new friendship they didn't know was possible. I pray for each one of the women who has been so generous in being vulnerable tonight to share their stories of you and, what, and the love that they've experienced. I pray that you give them strength and a big heart. We love you, Lord. Amen. Hi. I'm Tammy. <laughs> and when I think about God's heart for women, um, of course, I think we should all look inward. Um, we, we have lots of great examples of God's heart for women on the outside, but it's good to evaluate his heart for ourselves. Um, and I've been a Christian um, since 1988, and I've made some good friends along the way. But I found in 2020 that I had, uh, I have some, I had some friendships that I needed to let go of um, that were healthy at one time and were not healthy anymore. Um, and, and not to go into it too much, but um, I was just feeling uh, judgment and um, the differences between us were getting in the way of uh, the friendship. Um, and so in a, a lonely moment in time, right? 2020 was a pretty lonely time, but that was when I really felt like I needed to let go of that. Um, and so even though I was feeling lonely, I, I was taking that to God. Um, I did this spring women's Bible study in 2021, did the Zoom Bible study in 2021, um, and I made some new friends and felt like it was a really open place where I could express myself. And the leader of that um, women's Bible study invited me out, and we ended up uh, going to uh, brunch. And then she invited me again, and we started to meet on a regular basis. Um, and and Let's see. So then she invited me to the gathering. And I've been at Salem Alliance Church for 25 years, and I had never been to the gathering. <laughs> and so I went, and I really liked it. And so I kept going. But one of those first times, I remember that um, the, there was an open invitation for um, a house church or a um, life group. And I remember thinking, that is such a great idea. I mean, it's not for me. I mean, I, I don't do small groups like that. And I mean, I've got so much going on on Wednesdays that, you know, that's nice for everybody else, but I pass. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is uh, three months later, I was at another gathering, love them, right? And I saw somebody that I hadn't seen in like a year. And so after the gathering, we talked and we were super excited to catch up and and then she said to me, you know, I, 
go to that house church on Wednesday nights? You totally ought to come to it. And I thought, you know, I should totally go to that. I should. I should try it. And what I found there is what I had been missing in 2020 that I had to break away from. I finally found a group that was authentic themselves and allowed me to be authentic. And I could be real about where I was at. I stopped being nervous about if I was churchy enough or if I said this the right way. And because of that, I was able to open up. And the people in my, um, my life group were different ages and stages of life. And so we, we get to hear about each other's you know, highs and lows, and we get to uh, do life together. I get to hear a lot of wise words. And it's, it's allowed me the freedom to open up to God in a way that I hadn't done in a long time. Um, and my prayers are different. And I think it's because of this group of women who have allowed me to be me and have presented Christ to me in such a loving way. Um, another thing that I just wanted to say is, uh, you know, some of those invitations that we get um, are the most powerful thing, the power, most powerful way that God extends invitation. Because I, I do know that God was pursuing me, even in 2020 when he was leading me to cast off some unhealthy friendships. Um, he was pursuing me in a new way so that I could be, like, tighter with him. And I, I just, I'm so thankful for the power of the invitation, uh, whether it's been casual or whether it's been intentional. I feel that God has used friends in my life to get me to a new level with him. And the freedom that I'm experiencing now is something that I'm extremely grateful for. And I pray for all of you that you, re you receive the same. Oh, my question, my question for you is, in your life, how has a personal invitation placed you on a better path? So just... Hi, everybody. Can you see me? <laughs> I'm very short, so hopefully. You know, um, when I came in here tonight, I was, like, really nervous. And this is not something I get nervous about until Lydia shared. And then I knew that I had to go a little deeper and what I needed to share. So anyway, um, one of the things that I've learned recently is about hased, which is a um, love that's a faithful kind of love. And it's a kind of love that um, comes with action. And that's really, I've had a lot of women that have come alongside me throughout my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, when I was, I was raised in a foster home at the age of three, and in that family, we didn't really share our feelings or affection. And so by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I really, really hated myself. And it actually hurt my heart. And so I tried to take care of that by taking some pills. Unfortunately, when I looked at the bottle, they were no dose. And that's really all it did was make me be a nervous wreck. So anyway, um, and it happened when it decided to come up again, literally, uh, I ran to the bathroom, and a friend of mine at that time in high school came in after me, and she said, what is wrong? And I said, oh, I'm just sick. Am I going to tell her I just took no-dos to try to, you know, not be here anymore? She would have had more issues to deal with. But anyway, um, she said, why? And I said, because I don't like myself. I honestly didn't think anybody loved me. And so she said, don't you know we love you? <clears throat> 
And I said, no, and she, but this is, where, this is where the seed was planted. She said, don't you know that Jesus loves you? And I had been raised in the church. I didn't even know you could have a personal relationship with him. And it really started a journey for me at that moment in my life. And they were so good to me. Her family, they knew that I would go like this when they would try to hug me. And so they taught me how to hug. Didn't know there was such a thing, huh? They would come as a family. They would wrap their arms around me. They wouldn't touch me because that would have been, you know, really unsettling. And slowly but surely, they, each time they'd see me, they'd get closer. And then it got to the point where I could feel it. And I'm like, this is weird. Is there something wrong with me? You know. But eventually, that, that gave healing in my life because, you know, I may not hug you because I don't know you or something, but that's not an issue anymore. I can give the hands of Jesus to other people. And um, I moved to Salem because um, there was a time in my life that I dealt with a lot of stress and a lot of things that were overwhelming in my life. And in the moment, it wasn't a great thing, but it led me here to this beautiful church. And I have a mentor, and she's been wonderful. She's been very supportive. She's been the hands of Jesus in my life. Her actions have really turned my life around. And I'm at a point in my life now where I'm learning how to do that with other people. And um, it's been exciting. I've been able to, uh, uh, sorry, lead people to the Lord. And to me, there's no greater high to be able to do that. It's always his work. And so that's my, that's my goal is to be able to do more of that and step out of my comfort zone and to be able to share more of Jesus and be his arms to other people. Thank you. The Hesed love, who has been someone like that in your life who've actively loved on you and have you been able to be that way with someone else? All right, ladies, I'm going to hand it off to our next speaker. Hi there. I'm, my name is Jill, and I'm going to talk to you tonight. I'm going to share about a time that I was in a really dark place. I know that doesn't sound very fun, but, you know, maybe there's somebody here tonight who needs to hear this, and God really put this on my heart. Okay, I'm old school. I've got it written on my notebook here. Um, I had just found out that my husband of over 20 years was involved with other women. I had known that he struggled with pornography, but I had no idea that he was unfaithful. I felt broken. I felt like he took something special, like one of my grandma's teacups, and threw it on the floor. It was in a million pieces, and I could never put it back together again. Um, I, I didn't know who I could talk to. I really needed to talk to somebody, but I just, I, there was shame, and um, uh, we had been very involved at our church, and I didn't want people to be judgmental or think poorly of him. I still wanted to protect him. Um, I finally did talk to two women. One was the wife of a pastor, and I knew that she would keep it confidential and that she would pray over it. And the other woman was um, part of a couple who had gone through something similar. And I talked to the wife, and my husband talked to her husband. I could barely function, but I still had a family to take care of, and I had a job. I was teaching at the time, and it was really hard to go to school every day. Um, 
But within a few weeks, one of the ladies got an email from a friend who said, I just felt like I was supposed to send this to you um, for somebody, somebody that you know or something. Well, the email was about a group for betrayed women. And that email was for me. Not only was there a group of other women who had um, faced similar things, there was even a workbook so you could work your way through it. I mean, who knew there was a curriculum for people you know, that were going through this, but there was. And this told me that I was not alone. Uh, there were other women who had experienced the pain of betrayal and so, um, so when they started to meet, um, I went. It was really hard because um, I felt shame and I felt fear, but um, I think they were feeling the same thing. So I went to this group, and um, there was a sisterhood there who understood me, and I understood them. They were strangers, but um, it was just the perfect thing. And um, I, I was mad at God when I first found out. I kind of blamed him. But truthfully, God walked me through that hard time. Not only did he walk me through it, he held my hand. And he took me to a better place. So that's my story. That's part of my story. And um, I guess... I would just hope that if there is somebody here who is going through a dark time, that you would um, be courageous and take that step if, if it's offered to you. And if you have a friend that seems to be going through a hard time, just reach out to them and, and um, do, do what God asks you to do. All right. I don't have any questions for you. <laughs> As I thought, okay. As I thought about the blessing of friendship that God gives each of us, I thought of three verses right off the top. One was from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." The second was from Proverbs seventeen seventeen: "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity." And the third one was Ezekiel 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if one falls down, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls and does not have another to help him up. Having a friend in Christ is a blessing and a gift from God. As I look back on my life, I realize what a treasure having a friend who loves the Lord and who is there for you. Having someone who calls you on to holiness and helps you to keep your eyes on Jesus, to walk closer with him, who reminds you of the truth when you need to hear it. Having someone who will pray with you and bring your needs to him, to his feet, like the ones who cut the hole in the roof and lowered their friend down right to the feet of Jesus so that that person's needs would be met. And there have been times in our life, in my life, 
where I needed a friend who would do that for me, who would pray for me and lower me to the feet of Jesus so that God could help me. That man could not help himself, but his friends were there to make sure that he was put in God's hands. The Bible says to mourn with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who rejoice. That is a blessing of a good friend. That is a friend who's there for you in your highs and in your lows. One who will call you to a closer relationship with him and who will love you at all times, regardless of where you are. There have been times in my life due to moving when I did not have a friend, but when I realized that even when I didn't have one physically, I had God. He comforted me during that time, gave me blessings and things that would make me smile. And he reminded me that he loved me through and through. And so even when those times I felt like I had no friend, I had him as my friend. And he is the best friend we can have. In his goodness, he gives us friends that we can journey this life with together. And that is a treasure. There's a saying that says, a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He who has found one has found a treasure. They are a gift from God. And if you don't have one, you can ask God for one. Just like I had to when I moved and I didn't know anyone and I was going through the hardest time of my life where my, my mom, my dad, and my sister all passed away and they were my friends. And I had friends that moved away. So I, did, I didn't have anybody. But God has brought wonderful friends through this church and has allowed me to be in a life group where I've met some really great people. And I'm so grateful because we all need friends. So if you don't have a friend, ask God for one. He will provide. My questions are, share about a friend who either called you to walk on closer with Jesus or brought you to Jesus by lifting you in prayer. All right, ladies. So I am really, really excited about the next two women that are about to speak, mostly because they are from our Hearts at Home ministry, which is our stay-at-home mom, or not even sometimes stay-at-home mom. Sometimes you just have a Thursday off from work, or Thursday morning off from work, and you're able to come. But it is a fantastic ministry of moms who come together every Thursday morning and um, get to do fellowship and hot coffee and childcare. It's the gr it's the best. It's seriously the best. So they didn't know I was going to do this, but um, I'm actually going to have them both go together. We're going to have them just stand together and do this together. Um, so I'd like to introduce Danielle and Anna to you guys, and they are going to share a little bit about just what that ministry has meant to them and the friendships that can come in a very busy and sometimes isolating season of life. I'm Anna. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, I uh, have a two and a three-year-old, so I have seen the Hearts at Home, like, p in passing, kind of like um, at the gathering and, you know, heard about it. Um, always thought it was this cool thing that the cool moms got to do, and 
I just signed up this year. Um, the time the time rolled around, and I thought, you know, what better time than now? I I was I was an at home mom. Um, well, I still am an at home mom. What, what's that called? A stay at home mom, I guess, for the first two or so years of my son's life. Um, and then I just felt this like big calling to do something something more and. Um, so I, I thought I'd volunteer to coach some soccer, and that turned into actually a job for the YMCA. I used to work for the YMCA, and now um, it's been about a year and a half that I'm the sports coordinator there. Um, so when I joined Hearts at Home, I was, I was working from home, and then... Um, so, so it was really easy to go to Hearts at Home, really easy to, you know, drop everything and just go. And, and I'm sure as most of you know, the Y opened um, in October. So that was just a really, really busy time for us at the, at, at the Y. And I, you know, I don't think any of us saw or foresaw how, how busy it would be. Um, so I was, I was working like 90 plus hour weeks and just really, really busy and stressed, and had had a a basket. It was the yeah the f fall basketball season starting, um, and I was just, I missed Hearts at Home like two weeks in a row. In the third week, I was just at the end of my rope. I I um, you know I just sat and like was I couldn't do couldn't do anything except for just sit there. And we we go around and um, talk about our prayer requests, and so it came to me, and I I was just like, I just poured out to my group, and um, the first thing someone says was, "Can we can we can we bring you meals?" And I just started crying, like I I just needed like a lifeline, and th my hearts at home group was that lifeline for me. So for the next like two weeks, everybody brought me. A different meal, a different night, and <laughs> most of the nights I wasn't even home to get the meal, but I came home at you know nine at night and got got food <laughs> and didn't have to make something for me and my kids so um it's just been you know i throughout my life, I have been part of groups lots of lots of ladies groups um and even not like mixed groups, you know, like I've, I grew up in the church. I have, have pretty much always been part of a small group. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to find like the right people. I feel the, the pe people that, that just, you know, accept you for you. Um, and I feel like God really put me in this group. It really, he did because I, I walked up and I wasn't really sure where to go and, my group was like, hey, you want to sit with us? And it wasn't where I was supposed to be, but they, they kind of brought me in. Um, so I think, I think God just works in, in cool ways. And the, the story I keep thinking of tonight is um, the farmer that threw the seed, you know, um, threw the seed on, on rocky soil and, you know, other soil and the crows got it and the weeds got it you know I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you know this story um but just how you you, you can 
um, sorry, you can, <laughs> you, can, you can reach out to so many people and you can be the bright light that you are and you don't know where it's going to land. You don't know how what you do is going to affect those people around you. Um, but I think it's, it's important to just be that continually trying and continually like letting God do the work because really it's it you're throwing the seed yes but it's it's God that's making the plant grow so um I think that's I think that's all I got (laughs) 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 only because I know she was more nervous than I was okay um I'm Danielle um like Lydia said, Anna and I have been at Hearts at Home. Um, I've been there. I think I counted earlier today. I'm in my ninth Hearts at Home year. So I have a nine-year-old um, and then a six-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, and when I started Hearts in my mind, I grew up at this church. My mom went to Hearts. I had seen my mom's friends go to Hearts. And in my mind, Hearts at Home was this, like Anna said, this super cool mom club that I finally got to join. Um, (laughs) And even though it was this built-up thing in my brain, it still took everything in me with this newborn baby to get up and get dressed and get the baby fed and get the baby clean and get in the car and drive the 15 minutes and park and make it into the free coffee and the free childcare. Um... But, like, that was just a marathon, getting there. And so for the first, I would say, almost year, um, my group was a very intimidating group for me, but a very loving group. They were the group that at Hearts at Home starts at 9 o'clock. And at 9.30, if I was not there, my phone started going off. Are you coming? Where are you at? Can we come out to the car and get you? Can we help you carry the baby in? I had a baby September 28th, and Hearts at Home had already started. So when I started, my group was already a little more established. God also knew which group I was supposed to be placed in and placed me in a group with, ironically, my high school small group leader was a member, not the leader of my group, but a member of my Hearts at Home group with her youngest and her friends that knew my story because they had prayed with her as I was her high school -er. (laughs) um and so these these mentors that I had had in high school that had prayed for me in high school um then I was seeing them be moms and not have it all together (laughs) which gave me hope that it was okay for me to come in my unshowered head and in the mom bun and with the leggings and the sweatshirt on and come through the door as a hot mess for the free coffee and childcare. Um, and so through Hearts at Home, our group grew and we lost people as they you know, moved on and we got new people. Um, and to this day, I can still tell you that my high school leader, her kids, have played basketball at my kids' school, and I was able to go up and snap a selfie and send it to her and say, hey, look, it's my youngest with your youngest who's now playing basketball here. But, like, 
just the way that Hearts at Home has progressively grown through my life. Um, I've gone through so many things with other people, and then they've always been there for me. Um, we had a mom in our group that went to church here with me, and she didn't have young children. And that's really what Hearts at Home is for, but she needed, she needed moms in her life. She was alone, and she's like, I don't feel like I have a place to connect with moms, but I have high schoolers. Like, is this okay? Um, and we invited her to our group, and she came, and she goes to women's retreat with me every year. And they're friendships that I have for life um, and friends that have been there. Um, specifically this one mom that has teenagers. Um, I was able to call at 10.30 at night and say, I am in Portland at a hospital and my grandma is being taken off life support. Can you please, at 10.30 at night, come sit with my children so that my husband can come so that if they wake up, it's not a stranger in their home with them. And she did. And she came and my youngest woke up at 2 a.m., and she slept on my couch with my children who didn't know where mom or dad were in the middle of the night. And God placed that person in my group knowing that she had teenagers and she was still going to be awake at 1030 at night with her kids. Because anybody else in my group would have had little children that they put to bed at 8 and were sound asleep themselves. <laughs> and... Then I've gone through other things with people in my group. We've gone through, I think, four different leaders now, and each leader has been placed in our group for specific time frames. Our group is a very large group, and we annoy Morgan because we just keep inviting more people to our group, specifically our group. <laughs> and she keeps going, I don't know which room we're going to put you in because you're so large. <laughs> um, but just the friendships that we've connected and our group does a Friendsgiving every year and a Christmas gathering and we say you leave your husbands at home and your kids at home because this is about us and if somebody has left our group we still invite them to all those things um, because a lot of times our group still has one or two members from that very original group nine years ago that started and so we just continue to invite them and so it's just this continual like lifelong friends that have gone through so many different things and they're the ones that hold us accountable um, they're the ones that we're, we have a group text thread and when I get to church early on Thursday mornings <laughs> um, we're all texting each other hey I'm running late it doesn't matter come we don't care how late you get here we don't care if you show up 15 minutes before it's over come um, and we don't care if you have to leave early because you have a doctor's appointment or a kid you have to pick up from preschool. Just come. And it's just this place that these relationships have been built so strong that it's a place where we can be open and honest with each other and say, yep, I screamed at my kid this morning. And there's no judgment. There's no, it's just we know where you're at and we understand and that's okay. So my group discussion question is, do you have those friends in your life that are going to hold you accountable, but that are also going to be there for you in your highs and lows? And who are they? And if not, 
Morgan's going to hate me again. If not, come to Hearts at Home. <laughs> so I really hope that you guys ponder her questions. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Anna. Um, go ahead and finish up your letters if you choose to. You don't have to. Um, we want to acknowledge that there are going to be some here where some of these discussions are hard, um, where maybe friendships have been hard, maybe friendships are lacking right now. We understand that. Women's ministry is, that's part of our goal, is this is where we can come and connect and create friendships and relationships with others. Um, so we hope that you keep coming back, and we hope to see you at the March gathering on the 1st. Um, if you have cards that are ready to go, the box is out here. If you grab a card, this is just um, like as a total possible, but if you happen to get a card and the message really speaks to you, um, if you feel comfortable emailing Morgan and just kind of letting her know that it was exactly what you needed to hear or this is what came of it or whatever, um, we would love to share that at the next gathering if there were any that um, really jumped out at you. So we are at time, unfortunately, which I knew was going to happen because I had so many great speakers lined up. Um, and so uh, we're going to start sort of getting cleaning up because I think Broadway is closed now, actually. So um, thank you all for coming. Thank you to my speakers for sharing. Thank you to everyone who brought food. Thank you to everyone who sat and listened. Uh, we hope that this was encouraging for you tonight. So have a great rest of your month.